All right, so going to text messages, we had this. Uh, ooh, we had it. We got another attempt here, which is incorrect. I was going to say Thomas with all the questions, but but as soon as you said sat down on the so pavement, that that's not Thomas. Okay, so, so it's not it's not Thomas and, and not Nicodemus. No, and uh, it's not. David or Samson, it's also not John. So we had that one come through. So John. We eliminate that one. Which John? Okay. <laughs> well, it's not any John. <laughs> not any John. It's not any John at all. So there's, there's two extras. Yep, so we've, we've eliminated a few here. We've got one person who's called in for bragging rights and uh, the experts in the studio now have it. So just just saying, just rubbing it rubbing it in, in the salt in everybody's wounds. <laughs> um, Healthy anyway, competition, that's right. what it is. Healthy competition. All right, text messages. Here we go. Uh, we are told in the scriptures that everything that is done in darkness. So this is text messages coming through from uh, listeners, and if you've got a, a thought you'd like to share, and I think this one's in, well, definitely in relationship to the uh, Ravi Zacharias story. We're told in the scriptures that everything that is done in darkness will be shown in full daylight. And the many bright lights for the world will fall at the end. The last attack on Israel, this is a very um, interesting thought right here, the last attack on Israel before entering the Promised Land was from sexual attacks from the Canaanites. Interesting. You know, Lyle, I was I was going to put a, a personal uh, challenge out on, on the radio. Now, I don't know if you want your phones to go crazy, but I've got a number of Racky Zacharias books, and I wanted to know, do you reckon I should throw them in the rubbish or keep them? <laughs> and I, I reckon that, that, that your phones might go a bit crazy with that one. But anyway, that, that's, a, that's a dilemma that I'm facing at the moment. Do, do you, you know, these, these good books with ideas, but with this, this, this man who was effectually uh, affected Effectively, you know, or, or in reality, a a predator and and a rapist. That's separating the artist from the art kind of question, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Do, do I do I dump okay, the what, books? What you, I have my thoughts. I'm not going to share my thoughts until the end of the show. So do you? Do you I want, want to hear all of your thoughts. Should Doctor Sven Erstring burn his Ravi Zacharias books? Or keep them, out, them, or should he keep them for the ideas? Because as an apologist, this is somebody that, you know, you've obviously, uh, you've, you've read his material, you've studied what he's got to say. It's, and, and good ideas in there. It is good ideas. But do you, do you separate the person from the ideas? This, mm. is, a, this, this is a very good question uh, that we need to, uh, yeah, we would love to hear your thoughts on it. Okay, so our number is, okay, so if you missed this one, Daniel's going to do it for us slowly because he speaks more slowly than I do, so that you have a chance to write it on a piece of paper once you've got it written on a piece of paper. Save it in your phone, friends. Save it in your phone because I always give it too fast. Okay, so the phone numbers are 1-800-324-843. And if you want to text through or call on the mobile, it's 0491-064-669. There you go. See, when I worked in retail. Aren't you glad Dan- Daniel's here? I would, oh, quite often people would come in and ask for something and I'd go, yeah, great, it's this. Blah, 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 blah. And they'd stop and go, slow down. And I'd go, oh, sorry. Blah, blah, blah. And they go, that wasn't slow. <laughs> you didn't slow <laughs> Hang down on, let me stop. You can get this. <laughs> I was, I was going to say that was a very well-paced uh, announcement of the, the phone numbers. I could have I could have remembered them. I could have written them down. So Amen. fantastic. Good. Good. Okay, there's one, one final part to this text message, and I want to just talk about this for a moment. The devil, the devil never changes a good recipe to destroy God's people. I find it interesting because I've never actually noticed this particular parallel before that it was, you know, the Midianite women who were sent into the camp as 
what we would call a honey trap for the Israelites um, to entice them sexually and just before they entered the promised land. We are about to enter the promised land and the major issues that our world is facing right now that are drawing people away from the word of God and the placing tremendous pressure on Christians are issues of a sexual nature, whether it is things like very, very high-profile famous Christians who have fallen into sin and done terrible things and not repented of it. Like Bill Hybels or Ravi Zacharias. There's a Bill Hybels story in the news today, you know, just his daughter coming through and, you know, making an apology for not having said anything. Mm. You know, and these are stories that just sort of, they kind of refuse to go away. And then, of course, you've got all of the, uh, you've got the whole um, institutional child sex abuse scandals that have rocked yes. the church. George Bell. All that um, massive kind of stuff. And then you've got, you know, your your, your gender ideology, your LGBTQ plus um, issues. It seems like the church is just being assailed by this on every side right now, both from within and without. So the question is this, why, why would Satan use sex as, why would Satan weaponize sex well, Paul, to, Paul, get, to get the church? Paul talks about it as being worse than a lot of the other things. And he talks about things in Romans one twenty nine. He talks about all the behaviours and it goes into Timothy and the behaviours are mentioned in Revelation as well. He talks about it being one of the worst, if not the worst, that people will, so many people will fall to. And it's so commonplace now, isn't it? Because things just get more risque and more risque as time goes on. And TV shows and movies, the content gets worse and worse. And you've got you to imagine that's no accident that they just push the line a little bit further and they keep changing the goalposts, keep changing the, the distance and the line they can breach until all of a sudden it's just... Mm. I think there's something else here as well. Uh, really like what Daniel said. I'm going to add to it in that the devil knows here he has access to an addictive drug that doesn't require imbibing a substance. Mm. So there are many of us who would never dream, never dream of, you know, shooting up cocaine or taking meth or ice or something like that in our wildest imagination. But there's a drug here that's more addictive. Mm. And the other thing too, Lyle, as well, is that it's not only behaviours, well, well, you know, in terms of intimacy with between two people, it's also the whole pornography um, pandemic, uh, you know, which, which is, you know, um, neutralising the power of, of the church in many, many, many ways. Mm. And I guess I really like what both of you are saying, but I also think that there's there's an element that Satan knows that um, sexuality together, you have the Sabbath, which was one of the gifts we had in the Garden of Eden, and then the other one was marriage, marriage. and sex. And, and Satan knows that this is a powerful, powerful gift. But there's another thing as well, which is that in not only our gender, but our, our sexual um, uh, lifestyle, we actually reflect the very image of God. And when, when Satan knows that he can take this powerful gift and, and distort it, he, he's getting back at the very... Character Destroying of the image of God, God in us. Yeah. 100% he's MO with everything. He takes everything that's godly and twists it so to, that it's some destroy. kind of horrible fabrication. 
Yeah, it is. And that's what we're dealing with in our world. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Text message just coming through, um, and if you've got some thoughts to share, um, this is some, some advice for you here to take on board, uh, Dr. Sven. Daniel was a murderer and adulterer. Sorry, David was a murderer and adulterer. How about Solomon and his writings? He may have repented before he died. We don't know. Well, I, I dispute that. I'd say that we do know. But the truth is the truth no matter who writes. No, I don't believe you should throw them out. So we've, go. got, we've got one vote for keeping them. So one far. vote for keeping them. One vote for keeping them. All right. What are you? What are you, What are your thoughts? Um, and what have you done? Okay. So those of you who have been Ravi Zacharias fans and have his books on your bookshelves, what have you done? Do you still have those books? And if so, what do you plan to do with them? So let us know. Love to hear your thoughts. Let's get into our Bible study. Isaiah 42. Uh, Daniel, can you read for us first? Uh, start for us in verse 1. We've got verse 1 to 7. We'll read the passage. Let's read the passage. Okay. Just going to get that out of the way. Let's go. All right. Make some space here in the studio. Yeah, it's, it's kind of full right now. It is. I've, got all, I've, I've, just, I've turned up and I've just made this place my home, put everything everywhere. <laughs> it's like very rude of me to do so. Moved in. Okay. 42, verse 1. Bible says, Look at my servant whom I strengthen. He is my chosen one who pleases me. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. He will bring justice to all who have been wronged. He will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails throughout the earth. Even distant lands beyond the sea will wait for his instruction. God, the Lord, created the heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath to everyone, life to everyone who walks the earth. And it is he who says, I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand and guard you. And I will give you to my people Israel as a symbol of my covenant with them. And you will be a light to guide the nations. You will open the eyes of the blind. You will free the captives from prison, releasing those who sit in dark dungeons. Okay, so this is a fascinating description of somebody here called the servant. Now, we read about a servant yesterday, and in yesterday we were reading uh, chapter 41, uh, Dr. Zven. I wonder if you could just um, flick over to chapter 41 and verse 8 and read that one for us, please. Let's read uh, the servant there. So Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 8. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I've chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. Okay, so in chapter 41, who was the servant? Israel. Israel. And Israel. why is, why, remind us again, why is Israel described as the servant? The, Israel is described as a servant because God called the, um, the nation of Israel to, to, for a very special role uh, to, to be the custodians of the law, the, the prophets, uh, the, the oracles of God. So they, they were like the, the gospel, essentially. The, the gospel, the, the new covenant um, as well. And of course, you know, you, you have the original Israel, Jacob, uh, which is, you know, uh, talked about here. But, but effectively, it's the whole, you know, Israel and the descendants of Abraham to, to be a servant of God in, in the world. Absolutely. And as servants, who were they to serve? 
Serve God and to serve everybody else. Serve God, mm. serve everybody else. So this is an interesting kind of philosophy for a nature, for a, na- a nation in that time. If you compare that with, say, the Assyrians, did they consider themselves to be a servant nation? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no. They were brutal. Conquering nation. <laughs> right. And so this is probably the only nation that has, well, kind of ever existed that if they reach their full potential, aspire to servanthood to the entire world. And, and mm. from a secular point of view, it really makes no sense, does it? No, not at all. And they've taken a bit of a beating for it as well <laughs> in terms of down through the centuries. It's uh, like any, any good servant, it hasn't been an easy road for the Jews. <laughs> no, no, this is very true. All right, but now we go over to chapter 42 and we've got a bit of a contrast here. Because now the Bible talks about the servant again, and it's a little bit different. It's a little bit Mm. more personal. Uh, So let's look at some of the aspects we have here. Maybe we should, maybe what we should do here is what we did. I think it was yesterday, and just kind of work our way down through the passage and make a bit of a list of identifying characteristics, so that we can see if we can figure out uh, who this particular servant was. Uh, so what does the Bible say in 42 verse 1? What, what identifying characteristics can we get from this? 40, 42, 42 verse, verse 1. 1, yes. So we're going to work it sort of verse by verse. He's the chosen one. Okay, he's chosen. Chosen one. Yep. Anything else there? His actions please God. Pleases God. All right. What about in verse 2? What do we got there? I, I love this. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. Mm. Okay, so he's not a shouter. He's not drawing attention to himself. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Not, like, self, not self-focused. Not self That the message that he gets across can be gotten across at a very base audible level. He doesn't need to be out there proclaiming it loudly. Mm. Like the, the power's behind the message, not necessarily how it's presented. But I do want to say one point here is that there's, there's a common understanding within Christian circles and the Seventh-day Adventist Church, which is... It's, it's based on the philosophy of, of St. Francis of Assisi, which is, you know, preach the gospel, use words if you have to, which is like, you just live your life, you don't have to say anything. You, you never actually need to say that Jesus is Lord, Jesus saves, saves you, and we need to follow him. And, and I guess even here, when it says he will not cry out aloud or lift up his voice and make it heard in the street, I, stu- I believe that it's not saying that Jesus just lived his life and did good deeds. I believe that, G, you know, um, the, the servant here, I should say, uh, was... Yeah, we're jumping uh, ahead. <laughs> we're, we're jumping ahead. We're, we're, we're just jumping ahead. But, but, but the thing is this, is it, it's, modesty is, is not about just being silent. There, there's also a need to express the reason why we are doing something, why we are serving. Absolutely. So, so um, you know, you don't have to be shy. And I think that for many of our... Um, Christian listeners and and for us as well, we need to be talking more about Jesus, even as we're we're serving as well. Amen. For sure, the Bible doesn't say he's silent. The Bible just says that he's he's not, not, not blowing his own yelling and yelling and screaming and shouting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Verse three. Verse three. What do we learn about uh, what do we learn about this person, the servant who we have 
That is Jesus. Well, what do we learn about him from verse 3? He'll bring justice to all who have been wronged. Okay. And he'll also look after people who've been downtrodden mm. as well. He's, he's not looking to, you know, Kings. climb the ladder and, yeah. and um, hang out with the, the top, top high, guy. High and mighty, quote unquote. High and mighty, yes. Is he a... Is there a is, do you see an aspect of gentleness coming through here? Oh, sure. oh definitely. You know, the Bible mm. says here, a bruised reed he will not break. And the smoking flax he will not quench. Mm. So this is this is a, a a very very gentle individual that we have uh, that is depicted in this verse. Okay, so we've got we've got a, a bunch of uh, different characteristics of Jesus that we're going to find as we work our way through this passage. We're going to make a list. We're going to kind of compare them with some of the other gods. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We have a text message that's come in here from, let me see here, Freco, I think it is. Cool. I love your work for our Lord, Freco of Mittagong. Your station came into my life over one year ago. Thought it would be good to say thank you. That's really nice. Amen. Wow. Yeah. That's just a blessing. We'd also love to hear whether... What Dr. Zven should do with his, with his Ravi Zacharias? Well, let me put you in the big picture. <laughs> so, so this is on Christianity Today. And uh, so Ravi Zacharias's books pulled by HarperCollins after the, mm. after the report. So, They're so not selling his stuff anymore. publisher has actually binned all of their stocks of the book. They're, they're, they're not selling them. And uh, so... So yeah, so so it's a big big challenge, you know. Mm. Uh, what should an individual person like myself do? But yeah, interesting, interesting. So uh, I'm thinking it through. All right, and if you have got some advice for uh, Doctor Zven, then uh, shoot us a text or give us a call. Let's go to. In fact, I think I've got it. Uh, but anyway, let's go back to where we were in Isaiah chapter 42 and verse four. Uh, what are the identifying characteristics that we have of the servant here in verse 4? He will not falter or lose heart. Okay, so he, he will endure. He's, mm, he endures. Never gives up. He is endures and then verse 5. Ah, we've got some people thinking here. Thus says the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which comes out of it, he gives breath unto the people upon it and spirit to those that walk therein. Well, it kind he's of, a creator. He's a creator. Mm, creator. That kind of, kind of gives it away, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> There's weren't many people around yeah, when that was going on. Nah, that's right. You just asked Job. Uh, he, was, he was challenged with that, wasn't he? Yeah, where were you? <laughs> <laughs> you weren't here. I was, but you weren't. Not me, but this particular individual that everybody knows who we're talking about that we're not naming. <laughs> that I gave away. I oh, that's right. That's a cat out of the bag. Okay, where do we get up to? Verse 6. I, the Lord, I, the Lord, called you in righteousness and will hold your hand and will keep you and give you for a covenant of the people for a light to the Gentiles. What are the identifying characteristics in this verse? Righteousness. Okay, so we've got righteousness. Let me write that one down. And we also have another one there. Being a light. A light. Keeping to, you. Particularly to the Gentiles. Yes. So in other words, people like us. Yeah. Are we all Gentiles here today? Amen. We are. We are. Um, We're all Gentiles. Yep. Good, good. Mm. Um, are here sitting and talking about this person because this person became a light to the Gentiles. Mm. Finally, verse 7. 
Open the eyes of the blind, bring out the prisoners from the dungeon and from the prison, those who sit in darkness. So give sight to the blind and set the prisoners free. Doesn't that sound amazing? Mm, amen. Freedom. And I think that's not only physical prison, that's that's um, spiritual prison, emotional Definitely. prison. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, we need freedom in this world. There are so many more people in emotional prisons Yes, what there are in physical prisons here in Australia. Yeah, COVID nineteen. You know, we're all under lockdown. What's what's happening? We we're we're locked in our own, um, in our in our minds. We, we, minds. We we need we need freedom. We we need um, we need light. Which yes. is, and that's what this servant brings. I won't give the name away again. <laughs> <laughs> I was right, just about right. to. Text messages that came through uh, for you, Doctor Sven, in regard to Ravi Zacharias' books. I guess. You would have to decide whether or not the book sitting on your shelves would do greater good or more evil to God's cause. Mm. So this person is being non-committal. Non-committal. Very ah. non-committal right here. It's but they are raising a valid point. Yeah, whether they're tainted. Like if you bring if you bring that out to somebody and say, hey, here's such and such book, do you want to read this? They look at it, recognise the name, associate it with yeah. all the news. They sit there and go, well... Why are you giving me a book by this guy for? Yeah, yeah, certainly. I understand the first text message, which was effectively identifying what we call a genetic fallacy, which means that truth is truth no matter who tells it, yes. whether whether it's the, you know, whether it's the, the Pope, the US president, whether it's a serial rapist, whether it's a pedophile, whether it's, you know. Truth is truth. Truth is truth. I guess the big question that I've been thinking through is this, is, uh, I can take the truth of Ravi Zacharias, but if I if I quote from the books, if I refer to the books, what does that say to the victims? Mm. How? Okay, and if somebody walks into your home and sees the books on the shelf, what does that say to the victims? What does it say to the victims? And that's that's the challenge. I, yeah, I'm but thinking maybe that through. Keep, maybe you can keep them in your desk drawer <laughs> because truth is always Under, truth. undercover. And use them to extract truth because truth is always truth. Interesting, interesting thought. Mm. Okay, what are your thoughts? And um, I guess on, on this, um, you know, this servant, I love that one of the focuses here is that he brings forth justice. Yes. You know, compared to, to Ravi, you know, bringing uh, truth but not living a just lifestyle, this person here that we're reading about in, in Isaiah 42 is modest, uh, but they're also just, just as well, bringing the law to, to the ends of the earth and the, and the, the coastlines wait for his law. It's, it's an incredible, this person is incredible we're talking about here. Yeah, and it's interesting how so much of Christianity today loves to do away with the law of God. Yes. Nail it to the cross, all this mm. kind of stuff. Mm. And once you do that, you've opened the door to a much easier path. To sin. Mm. It's like, well, we're human beings. We can't help it anyway. We start to excuse it. Mm. Yes, this person stands up for God's law. You'd think with all of Ravi's teachings, and we look at here where it talks about providing a light to the world and bringing those spiritual prisoners out of darkness, you'd think he'd know that at some point this information would get out. It'll come Mm. to light. Well, he was obviously terrified of it coming to light because he told so many people that, you know, if you – and this is one of the weird, weird schizophrenic aspects to this whole case is that he's telling people don't say anything about this because people lose their salvation over it. Yeah, that's – So he cares for people's salvation, 
But not for the victims. But he doesn't care for the victims. Mm. This is really <laughs> schizophrenic. And, and this is one of the things. It, it is important to understand... Uh, I, I feel the the part of the Indian culture here, you know, which which goes back to his whole, uh, you know, original thing that he actually attempted, you know, to take his life, you know, back back when he was a teenager, and one of the reasons for it that is that Eastern cultures can be a real, you know, honor shame culture, and it's what lots I of pressure in them, yeah. What mm. I see here is that the Ravi. Ravi did not want to be shamed globally, um, and and we can understand it. I think we need to understand his his heart here. But the problem is this: is that now, you know, the light light has come out, and you know, shame is all over his his name. But I think the other thing too is we, you know, we can we can try and analyze where where Ravi is. But what about those those women in in Thailand? You know, uh, what about their what about their honor? You know, they they've they've been shamed, even if it was in and I just secret. Wanna, I just want to say, I just want to say how much I admire the courage of those that have come forward. Yes, and because there is a lot of shame in coming forward, particularly for cultures in you know Eastern cultures and so forth, Thailand and whatnot. There would be a lot of shame involved there, but they have had the courage to come forward and to make a difference in our world, mm. which is just incredible. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right now, it is time for... Question of the Day. Okay, so our Question of the Day is... uh, We've got sort of, I guess, three of them starting from there. Daniel? Okay, many verses say we are justified by faith not by works of the law. James 2.24 and 2.26 say, Faith without works is a dead faith. This cannot be real faith. Surely if it's dead, this means it doesn't exist. Does this suggest that works make faith alive and real and must therefore be essential for justification? From Darren. Very, very interesting question. And if you go to that passage right there in James 2 and verse 21, James just comes out straight out and says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac on the altar? So here's a, here's a question I'll run past uh, Dr. Sven, our resident uh, theologian and apologist, because in Romans chapter 4 and verse 2, the Bible says, For if Abraham was justified by works, he had something by which to glory, but not before God. So are these two fighting against each other? James is is James like defending against what Paul is saying? Do we have conflict here in New Testament times or were they in agreement? They definitely were in agreement. Absolutely. Because both of them were inspired by God, the same same mind. Absolutely. And you will find verses in Paul's writing in the book of Romans where he says we're justified by works as well. Mm. Yes. So what we've got to look for in these particular passages is is context and the concept that they are talking about. And very simply, it works like this. Good works are the fruit, they are the product, they are the result of being justified by faith. Amen. And so in anyone's life, you are never going to have justification take place without you being able to see the evidence of that. You know, think about, for example, 
And I'll, this is an extreme example, but I'll throw it out there. The thief on the cross. There were two thieves. And initially, what were they doing when they were nailed to the cross? They were yelling, they were swearing, they were cursing, everyone and everything. And then one of them, the only person there that day who did, well, he and the Roman centurion were the only two people there that day that actually figured out what was going on. He figures out what is actually happening, that Jesus is the Lamb of God that gives his life for the salvation of the world. He understands it. And he says, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. Mm. And he receives, by faith, he receives justification and his cursing and his swearing stops. When he stops cursing and swearing, those are works and those works are an evidence of his justification by faith. And so when you have somebody who comes along and says, yes, I want to receive the gift of salvation, uh, but I don't want to stop sinning, I just want to accept it by faith because I'm saved by grace, so why should I stop sinning? Then they have not received justification. There's just a disconnect with that kind of thinking, isn't there? Yes. There's a total disconnect between, well, you don't actually love God. You don't, you're only interested in the things that God can give you. You're not interested in God. You're not interested in a relationship with God, you know? Um, and it, what basically what our, disobedience does, we are not lost because of our disobedience. Our disobedience is an evidence of our lostness and of our need of Jesus Christ and our need of a saviour. I think that's a really important point. Even our rebellion, and rebellion Mm. might be a better word. Yeah, go ahead, Sven. Is that what we do doesn't um, earn us merit in the eyes of God. God loves us uh, already, we love because he first loved us, and, and so our faith is is a response to him, and, and our works as well. So, so we cannot earn our way into to heaven in terms of earning God's love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM.